Confused and Unwell, the podcast that's not a self-help, not Tony Robbins, not a doctor or a therapist, just your average mental health fool with problems just like everyone else. Hello friends and welcome to yet another episode of Confused and Unwell. Today I have a banger of an episode for you and by banger I mean not at all. Actually it's pretty real as fuck and I know I enjoy honest and real talk especially with people I've never met before. Hello my name is Borderline Personality Disorder. It's great to meet you. But yes, this episode couldn't be more real and actually in real time with how I am right now. As you guys know, I have major depressive disorder. I am its number one fan, its best friend, its ride or die bitch, not by choice. I mean, all jokes aside, major depression is winning the race against my serotonin team. And it's a race that I don't think my brain can handle at the moment, but it is what it is. Depression is a motherfucker and I hate it. But here we are with a brand new episode. I at least want to give you an idea of what's going on with somebody with depression in real time. There isn't much pep in my step or maybe that's just me normally. I like to look at myself as Daria sometimes. However, I do like sports so maybe not so much Daria but in a bleak world a Daria. And if you told me to smile, it would be sad and a weird looking smile, which I hate. I hate. And it makes me cringe when somebody's like, why don't you smile? Why don't you fuck off? I hate when people do that. It's, it's weird. Go away. (laughs) Maybe it will give you an insight or give you a yes, bitch, me too thoughts. Of course, this is all unscientific, unprofessional, like, undoctored anything anything like that it's just my personal experience and I just want to have you here with my wonderful sad journey I feel like the whole scientific know-how of depression has been done and there's a lot more knowledgeable resources out there if you're looking for that but we're not here for that trust me I had to even look up how to spell serotonin (laughs) two resources that I like to use is NAMI National Alliance of Mental Health the other one is the National Institute of Mental Health. Anything related with mental health, especially this topic, depression or schizophrenia or even OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, anything that you think of is on there. And there's also helpful resources on there. And this is not a plug for them, but I always thought that they were up to date and very helpful because you have to be careful where you find your resource material because like I say in every episode I'm not a doctor but at least you can blame the government if you get wrongful information. This is at least one government organization and the other one's a nonprofit. As I mentioned before, I was diagnosed with major depression disorder, hello, or clinical depression when I was young, and it makes sense why. I was doing 
the things I was doing. Not being able to sleep or sleeping too much. However, I do, I love naps. It's the the greatest thing ever. Um, But not being able to get out of bed, slow moving, even slow talking, which might sound odd, but it's one symptom. And low self-worth. So I know, especially for, I guess anybody, especially when you're going through puberty, which I hate puberty. Oh my God. Like that's so long ago, but that is very relevant to anyone of any trans friends, gay friends, anyone, doesn't matter who you are because we love all of you. We're inclusive. We love you guys. It's not just like, oh, I don't like myself in this shirt. Like she could do better. Yeah, of course. But I think we're all, unless you have narcissism, which that's a whole other topic, but if you don't feel like you're worth anything, life is worthless, life is hopeless, these type of things aren't quote-unquote normal, which is funny because (laughs) I always thought they were normal, but apparently they're not, so doctors say they're not, but lower than low, self-worth, not good. When I'm severely depressed, I usually feel like a shell. And that's how I have been feeling the last few weeks. Actually, the last few months. And I think it has to do with corona related, but also at the same time, my life hasn't really changed. I haven't seen some of my friends. Things have kind of been the same. I would say in the beginning of when it all started was a bit different, but now it's kind of slowed down. However, this is in Western New York, not so much New York. We're six hours away from New York City, but things are slowly coming back to normal, but it's all been a big change and work has been stressful. It's just been very, very difficult. And it's odd because I have borderline personality disorder, which gives you all of these emotions, maybe too many emotions, but depression gives me none, or at least makes me feel like I have none. Um, It's very odd. Borderline personality is all black and white extremes of life, even in mental health, which is crazy. So feeling nothing just fucking sucks. You feel like you're dead inside, and the thought of suicide seems like an okay thing to do. I, personally, am on the fence with suicide, and it's a very controversial topic. And I think it's very controversial because the ones who don't like it are usually people who don't understand it, or have lost somebody, understandable, or have religious beliefs on it. Okay, perfectly fine. Everyone has their opinion, but when you feel completely dead inside, is it wrong? I'm I'm not sure. I actually want to do a whole episode on this topic, so be sure to look out for that soon. For me, suicide has definitely been on the back burner of my mind recently, but don't be alarmed, friends. My therapist knows, and trusted loved ones. And I think that's the important thing. If you do have these type of thoughts, you need to tell somebody. So as long as it's not just on your heart, you have somebody that you've told, it's just not eating you away. Or write it down. Write it down to somebody, write them a letter if you don't want to tell them personally, because I know it can be embarrassing for you or shameful for some, because it's a lot. I know. Depression gets you on a terrible cycle. Actually, I feel like a lot of mental illnesses do. It's fucking lame. For example, you want to be motivated and want to get shit done, but you can't because the depression gives you zero motivation. So, Say, example, another example, I would love to get out an episode a week, like out this podcast. However, depression 
wonderful, will not be able <laughs> to get an episode out a week. The stress, the anxiety, all of that. I, I wouldn't be able to. But if I was to do that, I wouldn't give you guys quality work. It would be shitty, subpar, and you'd be like, why am I listening to this bitch? I hate it. Unsubscribe, unfollow, whatever, whatever you do with podcasts. Fuck this bitch, bye. It, it's just... No, no. Another example. It's summer, right? It's a beautiful sunny day. Gorgeous day. No cloud in the sky. Beautiful blue sky. But it doesn't make you happy and you go back to bed. Like, that's to me is really fucked up. Especially living in western New York, we don't get that many. <laughs> we don't get that many sunny days. We get a lot of rain, we get a lot of snow. Welcome to Western New York, everyone. Um, but depression also makes you feel guilty, or at least it makes me feel this way. As with all mental illnesses, you can't see it. And I say you feel, quote unquote, feel all these things. It's up to people to believe you or not, because you can't see it. If you broke your leg, you see it. You know that you're hurting. Like, that shit hurts. I can see the bone coming out of your skin. Sometimes you find assholes who won't believe you, judge you, and criticize you. First of all, fuck those people. And second, fuck them. Well, not physically, but like, fuck off. Like, fuck those people. Because unless someone has had depression, suicidal thoughts, anxiety, schizophrenia, etc., they don't fucking get it in the slightest. And I'm going to be real with you. I have no idea what it's like to be someone who suffers with schizophrenia, but I can 100% understand what it is to suffer with a mental illness because it's whack as hell. But for somebody who's never really experienced personally, that bye, bitch. So it makes you feel guilty because it's not like you're sick, like you're physically sick, like you're coughing. You just feel guilty because it's not something that you can show somebody somebody's just like suck it up buttercup no so also and it makes you feel guilty when you miss work because you can't get out of bed for depression and sometimes companies don't understand what do you mean you just can't get out of bed you get get your ass to work i remember when i worked for a big retail company which they will not be named and fuck them i haven't shopped in their store in a very long time (laughs) (laughs) this has nothing to do I I took days off with depression but I remember one day there was a terrible huge snowstorm in Rochester and Rochester's where I live um let's go Rochester (laughs) um there was a really bad snowstorm there was a state emergency so you couldn't leave the house like unless it was an emergency and I think of emergency like grandma it fell we need to take her to the hospital or I just threw up blood and my eyes out of my socket we need to go there but I called in said not coming in to work because it was like 45 minutes away and it was like on the other side of the city and they were like well what do you mean can why can't you get over here and they just did not understand I'm like, it's a state of emergency, motherfucker. Why would I go over? Why? She was like, can you get a cab? Can you get a tech? No. And then an hour later, the mall's all closed. So let's just say corporations don't give a fuck about you. That was just a tangent. I'm sorry. That really had to do nothing with mental health. But I guess in some sense, your mental health was shaken then. I was shook. But that fuck off. And this is why I won't go shopping on Thanksgiving. They don't care about families. I'm sorry. This is tangent. 
Sorry. Anyways, so another example that depression is a terrible cycle and it fucks you up is that, say, you don't want to go out with your friends. You don't want to socialize. You don't want to go be out and about, which for some is fucking awesome. Like, you love hanging out with friends, go drinking, but eh, you, you don't want to. I, I remember that happened to me a bunch. And you get FOMO and you see the pictures and you're like, damn it. But then you're in bed and you're like, well fuck you depression. One of the things that happened to me a bunch was I would miss assignments because I was so stressed out and then teachers didn't get it. Fuck teachers, fuck school. Even though I have degrees, I don't, whatever. (laughs) So, and uh, depression, another thing, you just cry over nothing. And for women, it's not during your period. It's just over nonsense. Nonsense of now, past nonsense. I remember when I cried over an ex and I was like, what a fool I was. Um, No, what? Who cares? (laughs) But it was incredibly terrible, incredibly weird while I was crying. But I was crying because I was depressed. Not one of my best moments. My last example I was looking at and thinking about, and if you guys have any other examples, I always like to hear them. Guilty about not doing just normal things that you would. I feel like if someone holds you against that, like if you're not going out and guilt trips you, they probably are not really a good friend. And someone you should definitely stay away from because who the fuck are you? I think that's the thing with depression, especially with borderline personality disorder. Of course, another episode I want to get into later on in the future. With borderline, at least we put a lot of emotion and care, I guess that's the right word, into relationships and individuals. So when they are upset or anything with involving us. We try to do everything we can to make the situation better, especially with our relationship with them. Endless cycle. Depression is an endless cycle. All these mental health, all these mental illnesses are in endless cycle. Circles are the worst. Guess that's what I'm getting at. You would think, well, you're taking pills. Why are you so depressed right now? Good fucking question. So yes, I am on antidepressants. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, But pills, to me, are an aid, not a miracle drug. And I think that's what a lot of people um, kind of look at antidepressants as. It can definitely help you for sure. And it's helped me, but it's not going to get rid of your depression. Because depression never really goes away. Some would disagree, but the cold hard truth is that once you have depression, you always will. She just goes into hibernation until the triggers come back and then bitch, bam, there she is again. It's just if she's active or not. You just have to take care of yourself and your mental health. You're always going to kind of be in recovery with mental health, which is good and bad. Also, there are a lot of pills out there and it is trial and error to find out which one is good for you. Just like birth control. Not that some of you are... I hate to, not all of you are female, um, but birth control, there's so many. Some birth control can make you go crazy and some can not be the best. So that's very trial and error. Another pill 101 with Amanda today. (laughs) One thing that I experienced with antidepressants is that they tend to not work after a while or like you become immune or you have to switch up your dose. This of course is not something you can do by yourself. You always need to talk to your doctor or your RN about it. This is not something I would recommend doing on your own because Jesus, that's 
It's terrifying. So there are a lot of ways to feel better. I am not the person to tell you how because I'm still suffering and not a person who finds great joy in a lot of things, except a few, but I think that's better than nothing. Um, I find it hard to get motivated most times, which drives me nuts because I used to be the most motivated person until the depression, bim, bam, boom, hit me right in the puss. So find things that make you happy when you get into a bad state. So when you get in the cycle of worthlessness. And I know I say that I'm not a self-help person, but I don't want all my episodes to be so negative, even though I definitely could make them that way because that's the type of person I am. However, I like to sprinkle in a little bit of positivity. Here's some things to think about. What gives you confidence and what gives you motivation? And what are your morals? I think those three questions is something you could think about, write down, ponder about them. Think about those. And worthlessness is an inner conflict as well. I think that's something I struggle with a lot. Um, You can hear people say all the most wonderful things in the world to you. But if you don't have the worth, it really is just words and nothing more. It doesn't mean jack shit to you. This is what happens most of the time with me. It's a sad, fucked up reality. Can you get back this worth? What is worth? Where does it come from? These are questions that I think about a lot. Here's one random thought that I thought of, and I don't know if this is what you guys do. And this has nothing to do with worthlessness. It's more of bringing back emotions or anything to kind of feel like a person, but then it backfires always. One thing I end up doing, which is odd, uh, I end up watching scary movies or TV shows to try to get some sort of emotion out of myself. So like really creepy stuff, hauntings, all this stuff travel channel or id is not good true crime serial killers probably not the best things to be watching but you watch them (laughs) and usually i overdo it and binge too much and then it becomes too much and then get freaked the fuck out i don't know if you guys do that but it's like wow there's some emotions but then there's too there's too much emotions it's a lot i i don't know am i the only one maybe but maybe that's fucked up. I don't recommend doing this. And I always say that I shouldn't do this. But then again, it happens again. Don't do this, kids. Speaking of a horror film, I think one of my greatest fears is going back to the hospital, like most people. I think the hospital is everyone's last resort, but there is definitely a reason why. I assume, like everyone, it's not the first resort. When I was younger, here, here's a story. When I was younger, I visited a loved one when they were in the mental health wing, ward, whichever. I had no idea why they were there in the first place because I was so young. But this place is not a happy place. It actually felt like jail. So when you go in, and I don't know if it has changed since then because this was at least a decade or so ago. But you go in, there's a door and you have to get buzzed in by the receptionist. And the door had a big like bar on it. Or actually a bar and then that like chain mail like so that nobody could go out the small window. Very odd. Um, and then you had to get buzzed in. There is basically chairs, empty chairs, obviously. Um, chairs, tables, bare minimum in the quote unquote waiting room hangout area. I don't know what you would classify it as, because it wasn't a reception. You wouldn't just hang out there. It's very odd. And then white walls 
white floors and I know it was dark during that time like it was night maybe it was around fall doesn't really matter it was a bunch of rooms and then like two hallways some of the rooms were dark you could hear people like screaming and yelling and talking to each other and there weren't a lot of people walking around I assume that there's different types of people because there's different types of mental illness so the overall vibe of the ward wing was terrible it's dark it's cold and if you're suffering from something like anxiety or depression, it can be very intimidating and somewhat scary to be around someone who is extremely mentally ill. And especially if it's not something that you're used to. They also don't get much in the rooms for obvious reasons. They don't want you to hurt yourself or hurt others. So you kind of get the bare minimum bed, desk, and then personal belongings. But this was, like I said, a while ago. And I assume things haven't changed much because medical and especially hospitals don't change that quickly, especially if things are already established. All in all, you got to think, how is this helping someone? How is the medical field thinking that this is improving or motivating people to feel better? I think there's this huge stigma on hospitals and mental health. I think it's probably somewhat different than the 80s or 90s, but I sure as fuck still don't want to go there. And talking to my therapist this week, it is something I told her and I did not want to go to the hospital because we were at severe depression, almost at severe depression point. And I was like, um, do, do we have to go to the hospital? Cause I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, there's still a stigma and it's 2020 right now. It's crazy. When I was in partial hospitalization, so basically you're not in the hospital, but you kind of are. For this program, we met in a building maybe like 10 minutes away from the hospital. So it was a completely different building. But I was with a lot of people that had come directly from the hospital to the program. And the program was a way for people to not be admitted into the mental health ward wing and be able to go home and still have a semi-normal life but come back to group therapy, meet with doctors, meet with therapists. And many of them said it was the worst place to go the, to the hospital and they would not recommend going there. They said it was awful. And that was a few years ago because I was impartial a few years ago. But I was like, well, <laughs> duly noted. <laughs> I don't want to stray people away from going to the hospital if you're having a serious medical emergency. But try to remember that the place is there and it's probably a place you don't want to go. It's a reminder to keep yourself and your mental health in check as best as you can because it's probably some place you don't want to go. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. As much as it like is bothersome, you don't want to go there. So keep your shit in check, Amanda. But sometimes you need help and there's nothing wrong with that. Like help sounds like such a depressing and sad word, but it's not. What is wrong is when we don't ask for help, when we need help, because it's not weak asking for help. It's fucking strong as fuck, my dude. I feel like when you ask for help, that's some serious shit. That's red as fuck. And I commend you for doing that because most people don't do it. And that's awesome if you do. So I, 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 I'm all about that. <laughs> so if you made it this far, thank you for listening to this episode. I appreciate you very much and your ears. I would love to hear your thoughts on depression or any answers to some questions, random questions that I might have asked. You can follow us on Instagram at Confused and Unwell and Twitter at Confused Unwell. We couldn't fit the and in Twitter. <laughs> 
Thanks, Twitter. Or you can follow me at Amanda is unwell on Instagram and Twitter because your girl's unwell. I actually started to do or started to take photos of this face and my journey of unwellnessness. It's actually funny. I think it's ironic because Instagram's all about beauty and Kardashian and all of that. But bitch, we're not putting depression selfies on here. So that's what I'm going to give you. Depression fucking realness. Borderline fucking realness. This is me. (laughs) But I hope that you guys have a great and fucking fabulous day or evening. Peace, love, and fuckery. Love you guys. Bye.